When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined by my co-host as always, Mikey D, Mikey Davison. Well, maybe I'm joining him because, you know, I wasn't here last week. Yeah. What's going on, mate? Where you been? Eh? Yeah, traveling around, uh, had, a, had an international work trip and then tacked a few days of vacation on top and arrived back into sunny Australia yesterday. So did you good. give out uh BTSC, you know, uh uh like what do you call them? Like postcards to people and say we're what we're doing. You I know, didn't. like 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 business cards, like everywhere you went, hey, I'm Maddie from Touch Down Under. You know, do you want to subscribe to BTSC, your number one platform? Did you walk around Singapore and do that? I didn't, but I did wear like steel shirts basically everywhere I went. I didn't realize how much of my t-shirt wardrobe is steel t-shirts. I think I wear like at least eighty percent of my life. I reckon Steelers. easily. It's easy, but the the, the logo is awesome, right? It's the, it, the t-shirts awesome. are great. Like I'm wearing a, a jumper and underneath Iron City beer because that that's like the double trouble. Like people must they just must know. I said, do you wear like your shirts at home in Australia wherever you go? The jersey or t-shirts? T-shirts when you're out and about. Pretty much. Like I only have, I have Steelers t-shirts. That's they they must be like, you know, people who see you around the, around the shops. And then the, you know, the, the locals must be like, oh, there's that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, mate. There's another guy that has them too. And we always like, sometimes we go on the same beach walk and we just do like a little nod. The I mean, side, like well, he, he, has, he has a, he has a Steeler uh, t-shirt. Yeah, and all shorts oh, yeah. as well. And I've got some steel shorts. Anyway, we still see each other and just like quiet nod. And we're yeah. both always like busy talking. Like I'm, I'll be with my, you know, my fiance, or like he'll be with a friend or whoa, whatever whoa. it is. And- for our for our new listeners, if you just found the show, welcome to Steelers Touchdown Under. But for our new listeners, right? Um, it's quite funny in Australia. I've given up talking to people who who wear NFL shirts because nine times out of ten, they don't know who Correct. the team is. Correct. <laughs> Especially, <laughs> especially there's a brand called Cotton on here. Um, and oh, they're, they're yeah. also, fun fact, they're also in Singapore, Mark. I got a Steelers t-shirt on discount there too, right? Um, but they have they have the gear. They have like a few different American teams for different sports. I was shocked they did Steelers, but they're like, it's kind of like token. Like most people buy this stuff, they don't even know where it's from. Anyway, I got like, some of the shirts on discount, but my fiance thought it was hilarious that we traveled like all the way, like halfway to, you know, or a quarter way up in the world, if you look at where the world is, you know, eight hour flight. And I still buy Steelers gear when we're away. I, I did it as well. I did it when I went to Thailand. I went to one of those, you know, shonky shops on the street. Oh, yeah, bargain, yeah, yeah. bargain with a guy to get a $20 hat that, that was a Steelers hat. And I don't even wear hats. And uh, <laughs> I was like, probably worth $5. But um, that, 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 you that probably got, got like a Jen Jothersberger jersey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man, like just a ripoff. Uh, yeah. It's so funny, man, because like those cotton on shop, cotton on shops, and those shops in Australia, they all sell, sell the NFL gear. People buy it because it looks cool, and then no one. I don't knows think it looks cool when they had Browns and Ravens before they had Steelers. That was a joke. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they got a lot of Raiders too. Raiders yeah, and uh, Lakers. A lot of Raiders and Lakers. Yeah, but there's some people could wear like it's so weird here in Australia. This is why, like, we guess we you know are a unique, unique breed because we actually understand the team. We love the team. We are all for the black and gold and we understand the history, right? And you ask someone wearing a, a Steeler or whatever, and they don't even know who the coach is. They have no idea. Absolutely no idea. So Correct. Correct. And then there's like, you know, because they've got like the big sort of crew jumpers. And then like you've got like these girls walking around with these jumpers and they're like, like you know, 12 to 15 years old or whatever. And they've got these NFL teams. And it's like, most of you have no, like no idea, and it's not the stereotype. It's just like you're in Australia; like, you just have no idea. Oh, that's like, what I'm saying. I, I used to when I was younger. I've just I've actually given up trying. Like I've I, I did the other day on on, on an Uber Eats uh, delivery. I did right. This guy was wearing a Patriot jersey. I'm like, oh, what do you reckon about the season? And he went, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> went, what do you mean? I was like, aren't you a fan of the Patriots? It's not. It's like the shirt. And I went, ah, okay. See you later. So I met a colleague, right? Or uh, I say colleague from a partner company when I was on this on this work part. Anyway, we'd had a we a few a few drinks in, and uh, oh, Jed never worked at a cotton on. There you go. <laughs> uh, Mark just brought that up in the live chat. Uh, but anyway, so we finished these drinks. We're getting the getting the cab back to the hotel, and he goes, uh, something came up about me being a Steelers fan, and he's like, oh, you know, were well, you going to hate me then? And so I'm cycling through all the teams that I hate. And eventually, I'm like, oh, you go for the Patriots. He's like. Yeah, but mate, I've been supporting the Patriots when they were like two and fourteen. Like, and we have this crazy chat. I can't tell you the rest of what we discussed because I was mm. well under the influence. But, uh, but it was just funny. Like, and he was talking football with me, but it didn't. It's just funny the way you can connect. And he was another Australian, right? But I mean, you and I joke about Australians and always well, going for the Patriots. I- but it's just interesting when it comes up and it gives you something to connect on um, at a different level as well when you do have the passion for the for the Steelers. Well, even the NFL, I, I know too. I've met a met a bloke on another Uber Eats delivery. If you want to meet people, guys, go and do Uber Eats. Shout out to those guys. I deliver food. Like I meet so many weird, so many crazy people in good conversations. I met a guy who played American football uh, in college or had a chance to, or he played in played in the Sydney, and he actually got injured. I remember I, I was telling him how how we discussed how like if you were to play American football and, and you and you get injured in Australia because people don't care, but yeah. he had the you kind of know you kind of like get that feeling like do you know the NFL? Do I know the NFL? And you kind of like go back and forth. And you're like, ah, you're my guy. You're my guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's that little <laughs> bit. There's that little bit where you're kind of talking. It's like when I went to the Steelers game, when I went to watch the Steelers game, and we will get into the show in a sec, but it's good. It's good insight into fandom. And so what? I went to the Steelers-Minnesota Vikings game. It was on a Monday. I took the day off for us. So Sunday night, right? Um, obviously in the US. And I met these two Steeler guys. And we were sort of like talking, whatever. Anyway, I was like playing it down, like whether I you know knew and knew a bit or whatever. Anyway, they start just saying stuff, and and I and the commentator said something. And I was like, "That's wrong," and I said it to 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 my to Jess, my fiance, and they were like, they overheard me, and I was like, "I can't believe that he would get that wrong." And then I was like, "Da and a little bit later on, this is on the pregame, and they're like, "Hang on, how do you how do you know?" Actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. We went to the same venue for the Vikings. It was the Cleveland game, the la- the game at home, the last one, right? And they were like, mm, yeah, Ben's last game at home. And then they were like, after a little bit, they're like, hey, 
you know, you seem to know a lot. Like you, you're like a super geek fan. And I was like, well, actually, I do this podcast every week with Marky D, Marky Davidson. And, you know, then I do another podcast. I'm like, what? And I was like, yeah. And then we're swimming through some stats. And they just sort of like moved closer on their table to our table. And then through the game, they're like asking me all these questions. But well, I didn't want to distract them from watching the game because we got talking. No, 100%. And I got talking. It is true, though, because I've gotten to some points in conversation with talking about the NFL. And I, I, I always tell them about like 10 minutes in. If you want me to stop, pat me on the shoulder and tell me to stop because I can talk about this forever. Like I can go down any, any kind of routes talking about the, if it goes into the Niners or, or Raiders or whoever, whoever Correct. it may be, because the NFL is so you know rich in history. And yes, we are a Steelers podcast, but the NFL is so intriguing in general, right? And you know when when you know when you've outstayed your welcome too, when you're just talking way too much about whatever you're talking about, and the guys like. Just nod, you're like, okay, okay, don't worry. Well, I was talking to an American. I was talking to an American on this work trip as well who has been in Asia for like 25 years and he's a big Seahawks fan. And I, we, so eventually, because we were talking and generally about NFL, I was like, oh, who's your team? And he was like, oh, I'm a Seahawks fan. And then I start talking a lot about, because I've done a lot with War Room, there's been a lot of chopping and changing with you know the Seahawks. So I've stayed across that as part of obviously the prep that I do for War Room. And I and I, so next thing we're talking Seahawks for about fifteen minutes, and then he was like, "Okay, I'm going to go to the toilet now." And I got the message, so when he came back, no more talking about the Seahawks. I'd out talk the Seahawks guy. And that kind of sounds like you're on a date with a lass, and they kind of like don't like you, so this they leave that way, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely right. had that. If with it wasn't you. a work event, he probably would have gotten the lift and left. Nah, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. Maybe, maybe being so passionate about the NFL, you and I get way too excited talking about a guy who just like watches it casually, and we're like, "You want to talk about the NFL?" And then just get scared. It's like, ah! But that's the reason why we're here. Honestly, that's the reason why you and I are here on this platform, right? So we can exhaust all the steel energy and talk about these cuts. That's Transition. it. That's it. And now, uh, Brian, I did give those steel fans all the details. <laughs> I think they listened to us on the audio side because I shared the Spotify stuff. Um, but good to have the the family in the live chat as well. Jed Evel, Brian Brown, George Teston. Here we go. All right. So there's a lot of, obviously, there's the Ogan Joby signing that's happened the last couple of weeks. Mark, very quick, very quick. What was your reaction to that? Because obviously we haven't really got to talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. I know he's a, a bit of a brawler, as we know what he what happened with uh, Rudolph. But those kind of things, that that is passed over the head. It's like that was two years ago. It's all moved on, you know. Uh, I kind of like the the addition, though, because that kind of sounds now, or looks like now that the D-line is, is, is set in a certain way. Of course, he needs to go out there and compete. But as just looking at it on, on paper value, good signing. I think it's a good signing for a year. Why not? One year deal. He played for the Browns. He played for the Bengals. Now he's a Steeler. Let's go win. What a what an ultimate goal to go win a Super Bowl Super Bowl this year and say sucked in Browns and Bengals. We got your guy and we won with him. MVP. Yeah, I mean it'd be great <laughs> if like we could win win something with him. I look, I've waited for a long time. Regular guy, like I pick up on Madden. I actually, you know, and people can check the receipt. It's about seventeen minutes in um, on my. I think it was the twenty fourth of March. Um, that was the day the podcast came out. I recorded it on the 23rd um, where I was talking about free agents and he was the one guy, one of the few guys on the D line that I said, and especially it was just after the Chicago Bears thing happened. And I was like, straight away, Steelers should bring this guy in. I wanted to bring them in before that, but I knew after the sacks, he wouldn't be affordable. Um, but I said, I literally said, if two, it's not fit, bring Ogan Joby in. 
Um, he's a guy I like. You can get him on the. You can get him cheaper. You know, definitely after Chicago, given that you know couldn't he couldn't pass the medical. You know, bring him in. See what he can do. Um, I said it also at the start of June. I think KT Smith and I said it literally within a couple of days of each other, and that I hadn't listened to that show or you know I hadn't might have not even come out um, by the time I'd recorded War Room that week. So like I've been on the Ogan Joby train for you know almost like five six months now. So for me. It's um it's awesome to see Ogan Joby there, and I, I think you know for Steelers fans as well, you know, to it was getting paid a lot of money. I don't think Steelers fans would have reacted well, you know, if that person had been available to sign someone there, you know, for plus ten million, right? Or they would have done something with Akeem Hicks way earlier, um, because they knew about to it, right? Obviously, Akeem Hicks signed with the Buccaneers right before the day before to it you know, technically retired. And I know there's the June, you know, first deadline that comes into that, but I think he's going to be really helpful um, for the Steelers offense, uh, defense, sorry. And also, you know, as you said, Mark, you said the word Super Bowl there. They are tooling up that way. I'm not saying sitting here right now, you know, at late June saying the Steelers are going to make the Super Bowl, but you can't help but think that they've put in, they've filled a lot of roster spots by this. Point. I was going to say this off season, what do you think of this off season so far? It's just flowing, isn't it? It feels like the after the big there's a nice little hum to it. I mean, the guys on the preview talked about this yesterday night for you in the US, yesterday lunchtime for us. Um, you know, when they weren't bagging each other out. Uh, you know, they talked a little bit about Omar Khan and just making decisions. And Omar Khan, I think, has really gone about, you know, just doing things his way and working the numbers and stuff like that. The thing for me though, I would have liked to have seen them say to Ogan, like work out with Ogan Joby a two-year deal, right, where it's team-friendly the next year in terms of we can get rid of him. But there'd be the, like instead of it being so incentive-laden, just because of his age, I just thought like two years would make it work. Like, And then he's the sort of guy you might have for four or five years, but he goes through two contract cycles with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit worried now because if he has, we want him to have a ball-out year, but then how much are we going to have to pay him to keep him next year? Or, or, and if not, then we get this speculation of is DeMarvin Lil ready? Do we have to draft another defensive, you know, line guy and they go high and draft? Like, I just don't want to end up in that cycle. But to go back to your question, I mean, totally. I mean, the fact that we have a debate over do we start the first, the, the top free agent quarterback or do we start right. the best quarterback in the draft? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's incredible. Some teams are worried right now. There are two or three teams in the league wanting to trade for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, let's think who's, about the position that we're who's in. Who's that team? Where Drew Locke and uh, is it Geno Smith out of, in Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, yeesh. <laughs> they had a good team though. Fine. If you're a quarterback, you want to go to that team. Like, they got great wide receivers. You got George Fant. You got good running backs. Like, yeah, but I stand by my statement. Yeesh. I think we're good. I think the offseason is is a lot of a lot of fans or a lot of NFL media pundits have been saying, well, you know, it's a rebuilding year. The Steelers haven't rebuilt this year. They've just been re, you know, I used the word in a QA a couple of weeks ago. Like I personally think it's a the Steelers way of rebuilding. I don't think we have a need of rebuild because we're such a good franchise. It's more like renovations, but right. like, you know, or extensions to the house kind of thing. But I like I I'm calling this a major refresh. You know, like it's a big software upgrade. Like it's like going from Windows ninety five to like Windows XP or Windows ninety eight or whatever it is, right? Like there's a massive refresh going on. That's what I'm going to call it because I think I, I said this in this particular way on that Q and A show a few weeks back. I feel like 
what we're doing right now, we'll look back on in three years' time and say, look, it was technically a rebuild, but no one wants to call it a rebuild now. Do you know what I mean? I just like, I like, I, I know I'm, I'm a biased fan, but I do like a lot of the offseason moves 100%. I'm telling you, this is a real good feeling about post big bin era because we brought in three QB, QBs more like that hasn't really happened ever in like 17 years. So I, I'm feeling good about it, you know? Well, well, the other thing too, um, like that I was thinking, I thought it's interesting, which ties into where we want to go in the show today, is that <clears throat> we talk about it there, that rebuild. And Mike Tomlin, they were talking, he's talking about Ben Roethlisberger. He talked about a lot of the money being tied up with Roethlisberger and now they can spread it around, you know, the team. But he said, with that spreading around, there's a lot of playmaking that needs to happen. The playmaking is spread around as well. And so I think that's an exciting thing where we've got these like the wide receiver room and you've got Najee and you've got free movement on the defense, you know, we've really tooled up there as well. So I think it's interesting to see who's going to make the plays that are going to win the games. And so that leads well into what Mark and I wanted to talk about today. And that's like, as this roster takes shape, who who are the odd men out? Um, and Mark, I thought a good place to start with that probably is like maybe defensive end and defensive lineman. I mean, ooh, ooh. you know, so I'll run through the guys. I'll run through the general guys and then we can talk about who who might be the odd man out. So obviously you've got Tyson Alawalu, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Loudermilk, Henry Mondeau, Daniel Archibong. Chris Wormley, Montrevis Adams, Carlos Davis, Khalil Davis, Cameron Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, that's your defensive tackles, D-line, and defensive end, according to the Steelers roster right now. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting situation. Like, particularly when you think about, like, a guy that was, you know, Jeffrey Benedict talked a lot about last season in Henry Mondeau. Um yeah, how do you see it? How do you see it falling well, out just, right now? Just based on the strength of that, the D line there, I would probably say Henry Mondo might be the old man out because you're bringing in Larry uh, Ogunjobi there, possibly um, maybe a starter at defensive end, or, or they've, you know, Tyson Lewis can start as well. I, I, it's so difficult because I actually like I like I like the D line this year. I really do. Um, heading into, I like that the fact that Isaiah Loudermilk. I think he's ready to. To play or based off interviews, I've seen him, you know, seen him, um, his speech. I think he's ready to play. So maybe it could be Carlos Davis and, and Henry Mondo on the outside looking in. Uh, it's but that's a good so, problem for us fans, not for the not for the players. <laughs> but I, yeah, and, and this is the thing, like, I'd be interested to see as well, like, who you know, who sits there and get who gets the practice squad spots. That'll give you a good indication, like, I don't. I'm, because I think Henry Mondo, I don't think he, I'm not sure whether he qualifies anymore from the, you know, the, I don't know, well, they, there's a technical name for it, but the basically the youth players, like the old school practice yeah. squad before they yeah. added the veteran spots, right? I don't think he qualifies for one of them anymore. And would you put him on a veteran spot? Like, would another team want to go after him as well? Like, that's what I always find interesting. Like, you know, Dan McCullough's, you know, found a home. Isaiah Bugs found a home. Like when it comes to Steelers defensive linemen, as soon as we don't we don't we take them off the you know the the fifty three, they manage to find homes. I think people you know teams recognize they're well trained, and Mondo's young enough that sure, I think what team would take a flyer on him. Yeah, it could do, but I think now the addition of uh, Oak and Joby and Leal, well, and even even Tuit leaving as well, so the the D line I I think looks better than last year. Because I, I liked what they did with Montrevious Adams too, and Alubalu's coming back, but maybe maybe Alubalu, we don't know what he's. We have seen him. How could it week. not be? But but exactly, you've hit the nail on the head. How is it not better? 
They've got everyone they had last year because we didn't have to it, right? <clears throat> We've got Montrevis Adams in there for an off-season. He knows how the Steelers work. He's not coming mid-season. You also get Alawalu back. You draft Leal and you bring Hogan Joby. Yeah, it's very true, right? Like yeah. three players for the better. And they're all like technically, I mean, I know Leal's not a starter yet, but like, you know, it, you would hope that within the one season, this guy's a, a starter. I mean, at the end of the day, at least he's very good depth piece. The Steelers have had like, uh, I would, if you know, you talk about pluses and minuses. They were minus one with two at, you know, last year. Now they're, and, and no, minus two with Alo Alo and two it out from this roster. Now they're plus three. I mean, it's terrific. you think about it because Montrevious Adams, I think he can start, but maybe not all the time. But same with like Alulu, like he had a year off and he's got injured, right? And maybe he's what, 35 years old. So maybe he's near the end of his career. Maybe this could be the very, you know, they talk about the, the bus going home or whatever to win Super Bowl. Maybe this could be Alulu's last season as a football player. And maybe he knows that. And he's had quite a big career. I think he's what, been, what, 14 years in the league or something, or 13 years Yeah, in the he was a top, I think he was the 10th draft pick. He was definitely yeah. a first-round draft pick. I think he was the 10th draft pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This might be the one that he draft. says, well, I'm going to go out there and just go as hard as I can because I know it's my last year, and let's try to get the playoffs and try and go win the championship. So but, I'm not saying we can do that, but there's there's a feeling of that. And the other side of the coin is, like, well, he's injured. We don't know what we're going to see from him, but that's why they brought in the other guys. But, but it also goes back to what we talked about with Joe Schobert and Devin Bush last year. You now can let Alawalu, you don't have to, he doesn't have to play a billion snaps to start the season. Do you know what I mean? You can work him in, right? And that's helpful. You know, he can spell Cameron Haywood. You know, he can spell other guys. Like, you know, you could almost have, you know, in the way they operate it, you know, yes, you probably want him to be the nose tackle, but you can bring up, like, you can do things other plays. You can have him on Travis Adams do some of that work and lighten the load on um, on Alawalu as well. That's what I like about it because we just want to take, like on that defensive line and the outside linebackers, you know, you just want to be able to rotate them, right? And just constantly get guys. Like I think Leal, I think they could line him up in some formations, you know, way outside as well, like in Spell mm-hmm. Smith and what, right? Um, but I think they've got, they've done well with a guy like Avery too. Um, bring him in. But I just think you want to cycle those guys in and out. You want that offensive line going, oh my God, and just getting smacked in the mouth like constantly. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, well, let's keep on the defensive side of things. Um, let's go cornerback. Now, it's important to note that a guy like Chris Steele is listed as a, as a defensive back and so is Trey Nord. So the cornerback list on the roster right now is Justin Lane, Arthur Mollette, James Pierre, Cameron Sutton, Levi Wallace, and Akello Witherspoon. Uh, is there an odd man out in that cornerback room? Is it is it Justin Lane? Because, I don't know, because they signed Arthur Mollette for two years. Like, they're, like they're not going to cut Arthur Mollette, right? I wouldn't think um, so with what they do. I think I could see Arthur Mollette going to the practice squad, though, in one of those veteran spots. I think it, may, I think it might be either Justin Lane or, or your mate, James Pierre. Right, just well, like just a, yeah. Do you keep the undrafted guy that you've tried to play a little bit, or do you keep Justin Lane? Like, I mean, James Pierre's a year older, well, out of Florida at Atlantic, went undrafted, right? Like, mm. you know, Justin Lane's got seven pounds on him; is a lot quicker than him. I mean, because 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 for me, you're keeping you're keeping Wallace, you're keeping Sutton, you're keeping Witherspoon, you're keeping uh, Mollett, Norwood. And who's those? Who's the rest? Who would who would be the odd man out? Maybe, 
Pierre or or, or Lane, and then give. Well, and they could both know. be the odd, but they both could yeah, be the odd man out. Right? <laughs> but they both could be the odd man out. Like Chris Steele could have a really good. I mean, I really liked him out of USC. I thought he was a great guy to get in. in you know, um, round six. You know, in the sixth round, they got him undrafted even better. But he's a big hitter. He's twenty one years old, right? Six foot one, one hundred ninety pounds, same size as all those guys. But he's twenty one, right? He's a guy you can stash. So for me, like. You know, when we talk about Lane is lame, I agree he's underperformed, but also like he's a man, man, you know, defender and the Steelers play his own, you know, way more. But if you think about, you know, we I just labeled their six cornerbacks and then you've got, you know, a guy like a Trey Norwood and a Chris Steele, you know, that are listed as defensive backs. So if you add Trey Norwood into the mix, you know, being able to flex there, even, you know, from that perspective, it's, Again, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Who is the odd man out? I think there's two odd men out right now. Well, it's definitely not. It's definitely not Trey Norwood. I like Trey Norwood going to his second definitely year this not. year. I really yeah. do. I, I I watched um I watched a I don't know uh I watched a, a game Hall of Fame game just for kicks the other day. Like his first game right to see some of the, the players. Oh, he was in his oh, vision. Is, he, I know you're excited too. His vision is crazy. Like he is just. Well, I remember putting so the Slack channel on that game. There were he had. I think it was it was one dropped interception and he had where like he dropped the ball, he was diving for it basically. And there were two yeah. where when you look at the tape, you're like, if you were like three steps ahead, and and yes, yeah, some of that is speed, but some of it's more just coaching being in the right position. I was like, oh my gosh, if it was you, like, so instinctive. Three man. steps, so you was you exactly where the ball needs to be. Like I knew then. I remember I put it, I tweeted out, I was like, I not tweeted out, I put it in our BTSC Slack channel at the time. I was like, he if he's he can get that positioning right, he is going to do incredibly well for a. Well, imagine imagine an off season this off season now working on his craft even more because you. Know, oh. I look back to that Bills game too. The Bills game where he made three tremendous tackles and pass deflections, and they had a bit of a quiet year, you know, along the way. But that's the way how it works. Your rookie deal, rookie year. But this defense is so set now as well to be top five to add a player like him to be where he is good, and this defense can make him great and just make big splash plays. But you know you as well, and I know him playing huge snaps every game, but there are some key plays. We talk about Minka coming right in toward the box. Mm. You can't allow Minka to come into the box if you're worried about what's going on behind you. And we know that while Terrell Edmonds has played deep safety, you know they, the way they use him often as well doesn't mean that he's sitting there anymore. There are plays, you can go back through the season, where Minka makes a big play, and it's not every single Minka play because – Trey Norwood, I think, only played like 40, 30 or 40% of the, between 30 and 40% of the defensive snaps. Um, but if you go back and look at some of those key plays, you'll find Norwood's in there behind him or when there's a key pass breakup or Minka's making a play, Norwood's in and around that area of the field. Like they're working together. And, and I think that's the exciting thing for Norwood. Like I'm, I, as, as you just said, I'm really keen for year two of Norwood. Well, any 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 cornerback on this defense would be so happy having Highsmith and TJ on the outside, right? Even to a point, like we could do a whole whole show. The Highsmith, your mate, is a forgotten man. The forgotten man on the defense, he really is. He's a he's a forgotten man. He's got a big year though. He's got a big year to get because he's yeah, got re-signing coming up. I don't know, but you think about TJ Watt on the other side, and I think this defense, if it's on, you know, can perform like it is on paper in our minds and how we wanted to perform, it's going to be so exciting to watch. And and I think the the fellas like Trey Norwood are having to go out there. Will definitely improve because I think there's always that 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 time where the, the the rookie season is so long for these fellas, and you have like a full off season, and you, you know you're going back to it's like going to any new job, right? For the second year, you're kind of more relaxed, more comfortable, ready to play. That's my Heinz Field. That's my stadium. You know, 
Uh, I'm excited to see it, but in the terms of like cuts, yeah, I think on, on the outside looking in is definitely Justin Lane and Pierre at this point. Yeah, 100%. I just had a thought while you were saying that. I know we're going back to defensive line, but it shows you and I love our defense, right? 100%. Like, I, I, I would love to see like, you know, a, a formation where Cameron Hayward's at the nose tackle position or the one position, right? And then you've got Leal Ogunjobi and then you've got Highsmith and you've got what? Like the speed. Like that pocket is just going to like, it's going to be like dominoes. Like, see you later. Like just a quarterback's got like his five man like pass rush. Oh, it'd be so good to see. Um, please, Brian Flores, draw it up. Uh, all right, so we talked about defensive linemen there, defensive tackles. Um, now, inside linebacker, there's only one person registered there, Ulysses Gilbert, but we'll include him in the linebacker one. So Gilbert, Marcus Allen, Devin Bush, Alex Highsmith, Miles Jack, Buddy Johnson, Tyree Johnson, even though he's probably more outside, TD, Mol- TD Moultrie, Mark Robinson, Delonte Scott, Tuza Skipper, Robert Spillane, um, and then TJ Watts, this does a linebacker. I'm not going to count him. He's definitely not an odd man now. How, how many bloody linebackers are there? Well, Eight some teams? of those guys play on the outside. I mean, and then you go, and then, all right, well, we'll do the outside linebackers too. And then you've got, mm. you know, Janard Avery and Derek Tutska. All right, I'll, I'll be controversial and walk over my, walk over the, the eggshells that I created. It's, it, 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 the, <laughs> Uh, Tuzar Skip was probably the old man out, really, but you know, I still like the chance for the guy to get there. But you've, you've named about <laughs> nine, just one people. old man out. This is a long list of players. Yeah, as I'm saying, you've named about it's 19 people. So, 90, uh, oh, it's it's you know, who the, the, the probably the easiest one to to I guess cut would be Scott Delonte. Uh, I, I think, yeah, out of everyone else, you know what? I, I, I will answer my question this way it's got to be TJ Watt, it's got to be Highsmith, Devin Bush, and Miles Shack. And I think Buddy Johnson and Spillane will stay there. So all the other guys, well, I don't know. I don't know about the other guys. So, do you, so yeah, you got to think Mark Robinson's going to make the practice squad, surely, unless he has a really bad camp. So, so wait, so who are your who are your five? I don't think they're going to keep more than five. They'll definitely keep four. Uh, inside linebacker or outside linebacker? Inside. Inside linebacker. Ooh, okay, all right. Okay, so i go Devin Bush, Miles Jack for sure. Uh it has to be Buddy Johnson has to stay. Spillane, I think has to has stay. Has to stay. Okay. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think surely. So. I think so. I think. I think well, I, think I want him to stay. Go. I just, at the moment, they keep re-signing Marcus Allen, right? So, and two yeah, so, so odd, I don't, I don't know when it comes to the linebackers. I'm, odd man out is UG3 and Marcus Allen. Those I think guys. so. I think so. I mean, UG3, you want to stick him on your practice squad. Um, I keep having this thing, though, where I see him leaving. Whenever he leaves the Steelers, some other team are going to grab him and he's going to have to do really well. <laughs> I said this to you maybe six or seven times in the last two plus years we've been doing the show. <laughs> like, Well, I just think a lot of these players are, are, are bigger and better than Marcus Allen, what he can provide. So, And you, what you don't want, do you want to cut Robinson or put him on the, on the, the practice squad? Uh, I think Buddy Johnson is better than Marcus Allen. Uh, I don't think I think as Pittsburgh Steelers they will keep Spillane because they like him. That's that's the thing. I think Spillane's there because he does the dirty work, right? And he's there. He's kind of your insurance if Buddy Johnson doesn't start making, you know, leaps mm. and strides. Yeah, but who who are your blokes? You're cutting your mate uh, Marcus Allen. Oh, right? I got to bring this up exactly. The Steelers cut Quincy Rocher, even though he's. He, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Brian Brown, what a legend. Thank you very much. Um, sorry, 
Who do, sorry, you said who do I think is going? Yeah, yeah. Who's got who's who's odd man out for you on the middle linebacking call? Well, I, I think Ulysses Gilbert. The thing is, he's quick, um, and that that I think they think he can do more. But I I think it would be I, I putting all all my emotion aside. I would think it would be odd that you would keep Marcus Allen and Ulysses Gilbert with what the, with the skill set that they bring athletically. Um, so I think they're out. I also think. The biggest thing for Marcus Allen apparently is he can make good tackles, but he's very mm-hmm. light for a linebacker at two fifteen. That's yeah. what you've got Buddy Johnson and Spillane in there for. So I, I don't really get it. Like you'd have to, uh, yeah, I, I would have to. Think you know what's out. you know what's interesting though on the Mike Tomlin. Uh, he, had, he had a podcast with the Pivot Podcast guys the other day. He yeah, I listened asked, to that. Asked a very asked a very similar question about when do you know when a player's time is up? And he's kind of like his answer was I don't know his answer by the actual words. But the theme of the answer was, well, you kind of just know. You kind of just know that they've, done, they've, they've had enough. So well, maybe... I think we kind of all knew about Marcus Allen a long time ago. <laughs> but maybe that's the point. Maybe this year they're like, he got, he, all he can do is this much. They're paying Tom... Marcus Allen like $2 million. I know. Like... I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you, right? I mean, he's I'm the first one to go. If a good player gets cut, like you cut, you cut Marcus Allen. <laughs> I can't wait to see your reaction when someone else goes and he stays. But but Tom made a good point. It's like, well, these players, they, the players. I'll do an Andrew know, Wilbur. <laughs> but but the players will know. Tom will know, and it's to the point where maybe Marcus Allen is off the roster this year. And look, just I, look, thanks, I love Mike Tomlin. I listened to the whole thing. I've listened to it one and a half times. Right, mm-hmm. I had a big plane ride. It wasn't just that. There were plenty of good movies to watch. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I think <laughs> Mike Tomlin's got a lot of leadership, but he's also, you can tell, got a thick head. And maybe Marcus Allen's just taken a long time to get into the thick head. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 also, I, I wanna... Marcus Allen is a drafted player by Kelvin, Kevin Colbert, not Omar Khan, right? He was a re-signed player by Kevin Colbert. Omar Khan knows where the dollars are spent. He talked in his press conference in joining about bringing analytics into the game, and the analytics will show you that Marcus Allen is not worth over $2.1 million or whatever is this it is. A, is this a bad time market. to bring up that I've got Marcus Allen on Twitter and he's coming on the show next week? Is that a bad time? Good. Join me, mate. Two fifteen. <laughs> I'll line up against you. I, I'm almost 200. I'll... I'll you know, yeah. I'm the same height. I'll do it. <laughs> no, oh, he'd creamy. He's a professional athlete. But like at the same time, <laughs> I can still sit there and tell you that you're not worth $2 million. All right. Next position. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Jesus Louises. I've only got one star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, safety. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, Mika Fitzpatrick, Carl Joseph, DeMonte Kazee. Miles Killebrew, Ooh. Donovan Steiner. Uh, uh, has to be Steiner, right? Because they're not getting rid of Killebrew. There's no way. There's no way they're getting rid of Killebrew. He's too he terrific on special oh, teams. He was just a just a beast. Uh, got two pump blocks. He's a he's a good tackler. Uh, probably knows the ins and outs of the special teams. Um, that probably the two old men out are probably Carl Joseph and and and, and Steiner. Steiner for sure. He's not making the team. So you know what else? Like I've sat on this one for a while. I wanted the right time for it to come up. You know, on the I did a war room on like the tenth of February, and I looked through the safeties on the list, and I was like, literally, the two guys I would do. I went through them all. I said, you know, because he would be a good depth piece, but I would sign Terrell. I went through and I said, Terrell Edmonds looks like the best on the list because he's a great depth piece. And then I finished it by saying. If I, if I were the Steelers, I would probably sign Terrell Edmonds and do my best to get DeMonte Kazee like, as depth piece. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They did it like three months <laughs> before it happened. Like, maybe Man, Omar Khan. 
I've always always mentioned Omar Khan in the intro to War Room. Maybe he listens. I don't know. Like, That'd be fair. Of, course, That'd be fair. of course not, right? They the skills are the experts. But I'm just saying, like, I just find it. No, funny you know what? You story. never know. You never know. They could obviously <laughs> listen and get ideas. Why not? We're considered new media if you look at the way people classify media. Well, you know, but it's still, it's still ideas. Of, it's still a train of thought. And if that was the idea, he, he may look into the Kazi. So you may have you you bought Kazi. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, know. I'm All I'm saying is, it's just, uh, it just was funny. I was going back and looking through some old podcasts the other day to see like what I'd focused on, who I'd done. And I remember talking about the safety position. And I was just like, oh, I'm sure I talked about Kazi. And then I like, <laughs> I was like, oh, even I said that. But, um, but anyway, looking at this room, I bring that up because I think we didn't see enough of Carl Joseph play last year. And I think nope. with what Kazi brings to the table, uh, I, I don't see him being out. So I would say it's Killebrew, Kazee, Fitzpatrick, Edmonds. That's your four safeties. It's also a very good, uh, probably a good camp battle as well between Joseph and Yeah, uh, big time. So, 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 yeah, we didn't see enough of him last year on, on the practice squad. Uh, I think he may have played a, a few snaps, but didn't really do too much. And it's kind of like, you know, getting accustomed to the defense. And now that we signed Edmonds and Minka, uh, well, Edmonds for one year, it's, yeah, what's depth? Because Killebrew isn't really depth at safety. He's more special teams leader or, you know, possibly the captain. So, um, yeah, do you go in with, with five safeties there? But also Trey Norwood can play safety too, so. But, that, but that's what I was about to say. Like, I think Carl Joseph goes <clears throat> back to the practice squad and then so you've got five cornerbacks and four safeties and then Trey Norwood's like the flex guy between the two. And I mean, you could kind of call Morlet a flex guy, but I think we're labeling Morlet as like a SWAT corner in the five cornerback room. So then you keep yeah, it 10. It's very, it's very intriguing how this is playing out because you've you've locked yeah. up now, locked up Minka for five, for five years, and you've brought back his mate or a, a great addition to the team. Which I was pretty close on his deal as well, actually. I'm telling you, they listen to you. They listen to you. <laughs> like, no, what else are you gonna do? This, this, but I was like, I was literally like, all my, with the guarantee and the full money. Like I was right, I was within one million on the full money and the guarantee. I was a little bit off, but I had done it as like. A not including the yeah the way the years and the structure work that they did it and oh my oh my cards like literally just sitting there going all right okay you said this all right Manny said Kevin that was Kevin Colbert's parting <laughs> gift Kevin Colbert said oh he said Kendrick Green would be good he <laughs> he go honestly it wouldn't put a pass with the some of not they don't listen to all pods, uh podcasts but they have to listen to something what what are the what are the general managers listening to what's Coach someone listening to ACDC ah, yeah. <laughs> Just rocking out in the room. No, it's look, the safety position is quite intriguing this year. I do, I do like it because a lot of young fellas there and who's going to be depth. And yeah, for sure, having Killebrew, who used to play safety for the Lions and now a, a leader on the special teams. But the, but the thing about Killebrew, right? And again, putting aside the emotion of like what I feel for Marcus Allen, which is nothing, you know, only <laughs> negativity, unfortunately. It's like, He's a big body, like he's 215 pounds and he's considered, they're trying to move him to linebacker, right? Now he may have put on more weight in this off season and the Steelers roster depth chart hasn't updated it. But Killebrew is listed at 222. Do you want Killebrew in that, in playing that role or do you want Marcus Allen playing that role? And what Killebrew does on special teams is fantastic. So, you know, I, I think you're right there. And having Trey Norwood that can flex, the interesting thing for me about this too is like, you look at Kazee, you look at Norwood, um, particularly there, and what, and and even if you factor in Morlet in playing some hybrid roles, you've got a cool situation where 
Mink is going to come. I think Mink is playing way more to the box like he did last year. For so sure. Because there are a lot more put, deep safeties. Did you put in the title defense and only defense and nothing but defense? I did realize. I did realize <laughs> partway through the show that we're only going to get through defense. So this is going to be a two-part series. We're going to be doing offense next week. So sorry for the, the fans out there that like the offense. I realized that about 25 minutes in. I was like, hmm, not going to happen. Well, no, it's because come the training camp, training camp time, there's going to be so many uh, different battles, or you know, uh, that before the depth piece and, and safety will be one of them, and also outside linebacker will be one of them too, and or, you know, behind and 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 who's going to be um, the rotation of the defensive line. So, I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. No, it's the off season. We're getting pumped up, but uh, there's some really good moves going on for sure. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So. In fitting with the theme, odd squared, who is the oddest man out of the odd men out that we just talked about? The oddest of the oddest, but not like a like not like an easy cut, right? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm saying the easiest cut. The e- the easiest easiest cut ever you'd ever think of. Yeah, amongst all the players. Um, Daniel Archibong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Lyndon Stevens. Yeah, but I'm, I got. Right, I guess- but then, who would be the longest odds? to be cut out of everyone we talked about. Now, and I don't want to, we oh. are silly answer like Cameron Haywood or TJ Watt. And live chat, I'd be interested for you guys to throw something in too. <sighs> out of all the Steelers defensive players, who would be the longest odds? So who would be the, you know, the most surprising cut out of all the defensive positions we've talked about? And yet, with anything Cameron Haywood, TJ Watt, Levi Wallace, Akello Witherspoon, Miles Jack, or Devin Bush doesn't count. Okay, so what I'm going to go this this kind of route. Maybe do they have a role for for James Pierre that we don't know about? Like, are they just going to take a chance on him? So maybe if he if he gets cut, I don't know. Maybe he might yeah. be surprised. I mean, I like I I, I wondered on like on Travis Adams. I mean, obviously we could say like Larry Gumjov if his foot's not right, but I don't assume the situation. But I don't think so with Adams because of the way that they, his deal is structured. I don't think you could get rid of Wormley. I think he had seven sacks. I don't know. Isaiah Loudermilk, I wonder about him. I know they've invested in him. Or, and like, they're not going to cut Alawalu with a year to go. Um, Cameron Sutton, just he's too good at the price that they're paying him. And his deal, I don't think, is very friendly for them to cut this year. Um, Josh, so- Josh, Josh Parker from Facebook says Spillane. I, I agree with that. If they cut Spillane, I'd be like, what? You, really? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It'd be that or Lane. And the reason the only way I say Lane is because they don't like cutting a, a third-round draft pick. But yes, yeah, Sp- I agree. I think Spillane's that that longest odds guy. I think that's a great tip from Josh Parker. And then uh, Brian Brown says here, Arthur Millette too would be a surprise cut as well. So, and I, I really uh, like that too, so. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what would be a surprise cut for me? Marcus Allen, because they seem to find a way to not to get rid of him. <laughs> It'd be a nice surprise. It'd be like Santa's, you know, the, the opening up the Christmas presents. Man, you've changed in Singapore. I thought you used How? to like Marcus. I, th- I thought you used to like, like Marcus Allen. I hated Marcus I thought you, Allen. I thought you were yeah. best buds. You know, maybe they cut two our skipper. You know, the other guy would be Janard Avery. And, like, I don't think he's got a guaranteed spot on the roster. But I think it's a long odd in that, like, he's an experienced player. You bring him in. He shores up that outside linebacker room. Um, maybe, maybe you're putting him there on the practice squad. But I think to like cut cut him would be you know an interesting move again. While you keep you know and Marcus Allen and a two-star skipper. On when the do the, the the cuts start after the first preseason game, right? 
Correct. They've got to I go think... down from that. Yeah. Yeah. You think the players know playing that game they're going to be cut? <laughs> sure, like, I, I, I wonder sometimes whether, like, you know, I wonder whether, like, you know, you go into a game and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to be cut here. But as well, they should still show out because there's other teams watching. You always want to put good stuff Yeah, you know, that, no, that was a kind of a cheap... Should they make a few cuts in training camp in yeah. the first couple of days, you know, and then they bring other people in? Like, they've, they've probably got... On on the roster right now, four or five guys that are fringe that they want to bring in, or another team will cut someone, and you're like, "That's a guy we wanted. Or it's an undrafted free agent. You know, we wanted. Let's bring him in." Right? Well, it's, it's kind of it's kind of in- interesting now too because we have the the USFL had their season. The, I think the championship coming up soon uh, this week. I think it's the championships or the semifinals. Birmingham in there? In there? Uh, yeah, they are actually. They went yeah, like Birmingham on. Stallions. Go the Stallions. Oh, they had the advantage because they had the state the home <laughs> stadium. But what I'm trying to say is like. And I don't mean to take the, the cuts lightly, but it's, it's now a chance for these players who are third Correct. or fourth. And and those guys are trying hundred percent. I'm not, not discounting that, right? But there's not much there's not much um uh room also. Also in the Mike Tomon podcast, I think he believe he said something like this. He said the play the, the difference between a pro bowler and a depth, a, depth, a depth piece Correct. is availability or something like that, didn't he say? Yeah, he said it's availability, but sometimes it's like the opportunity as well, like how much time yeah, yeah. you get. Exactly. Like how much time so, do you put them in? And they talked about the guy that replaced Ryan Clark, TC, and then we're like, you know, he got two yeah, receptions. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a good point. And then if the XFL comes back, these players get a shot, which I like because there's a, if you're the third or fourth guy, like Spillane could start in the USFL all day, every day, right? Probably it, no, he'd be your number one. He'd be he'd be arguably like the, one of the league's best thumpers, probably. Yeah, he'd be the, the, right. the linebacker and the running back and the quarterback. He'd be all over the shop. But like it's 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 uh, the cuts are hard. But these players, they when I said you know do they go do they know well, they're Jordan Berry? He got cut right. He's still, he's still playing. <laughs> Packing the bags back to Australia. Then the Steelers <laughs> bring him back because of cold quit. And then and then the next season. You know, he gets drafted by the Vikings. He was one of the league's best punt. I mean, indoors, but he was one of the league's best punters last year. I've got him on Instagram still, and I see some really odd stories here and there. Like he's still going, mate. He's he's still he's with Minnesota Viking now. So, but yeah, I think the players mate, know. He's a top eight. I think he's a top eight punter last year. Really? There you go. <laughs> yeah. But the point being is that they can find homes. <laughs> Yeah, and they they always keep trying their hardest, but it's it's like some guys like Donovan Stein, you just know won't make the team. Like he, he, and Lyndon Stevens, you know. Yeah, so though they may be practice squad, or they may go into another team, or like I said, the XFL, or USFL. So man, we're getting closer, eh? Aren't we getting closer and closer to training? It's good, man. It's good. Hey. I want the. You know what? As well as horrible it is for those players when you they start making cuts, the season's upon us. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, all right, all right, here we go. Let's get it going. We're cooking breakfast. So this is good. It's all part of the business. Like, like they, they know it, right? It's all part of it. So, uh, and, and and the coaches, you've, you've seen those hard knocks videos. They walk in and say, thanks for your time, mate. We appreciate you. And then then they go, yeah, thanks. Okay. They, they know it, right? It's, it sucks, but they know it. They go and find another team if they can. Or CFL or whatever. Like, it, it's all part of it. It, but it's it's fun for us as fans to know our 53 and then we can be like okay are you ready to rumble you know let's go <laughs> brian brian brown says he was better than harvin don't tell jeff it, Big, yeah, for harvin. Better. i mean i haven't dealt with a lot of mental things he'll be a better player for that next week's podcast harvin uh we're talking harvin i reckon no we're doing the offense but we're doing like, offense. We're doing it's offense. a big i like this a, show though i like that i like that i like doing the, the big week that. it's a big big test for harvin this year i think too 
So Claude Bishop says, do you think that Brian Flores has a big impact on the Steelers' defense? I think he's already had a big impact on the Steelers' defense is my response to that, judging by what Tomlin said, judging by interviews with different people, interviews with Minka um, when he signed the deal on Steelers.com. Yeah, I think he's having a big impact from the get-go. How could he not? It's a guy guy should be head coach. Yeah. Guys, go listen to the Mike Tomlin podcast on the the Pivot podcast. He really just... And then read the summary article on Behind the Steel Curtain. Yeah, 100%. That too. But like, it's just, it's a good insight to our team, for sure. Like, really good insight. Oh, mate, I saved it. I've downloaded it. It's on my phone. I've now got an hour and 25 minutes. If I get stuck anywhere, <laughs> I've got an hour and 25. I can just script the Tomlin's different. And I watched some bits over again, you know, as well. Uh, so, oh, it was a great show. Anything else you want to chat about quickly before we wrap up the show for another week? No, I'm just so keen that we got, uh, you know, we're one one week closer to the, the season starting. You know, what, no, my last thought is I'm kind of, you know, the QB1, QB this, QB that, right? I'm just excited to see Trubisky pass a ball and Pickett pass a ball in the uniform. We, we forget about that, right? QB1, QB this, QB that, right? But this will be Pickett's first time passing a football as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Correct. Preseason, man. Preseason means a lot this year. It's pretty exciting stuff to see these quarterbacks. I'd be interested to see how much, you know what? I, I, I'm interested to see how much he plays during the preseason. Who pick it? Yeah, I think I think he will. I, in fact, next week we should do like an over and under on, you know, how many mm-hmm. snaps he will actually have. Because if he's close to winning that battle, I don't think they're playing him as much as everyone thinks they does. Mm. That they think they do. Intriguing. All right, I'll save my answer to next week. And Brian Brown finishes with uh, an interesting comment on the Steelers' defense should should be number one in the league, barring injury. There's no excuses. I personally am not convinced on the cornerback room still, but the defense as a unit, I agree, should be a lot better. And especially defending, there are no excuses defending the you know the run now. Like they they have gotten really good there. You know that if they can't if they can't fix that, then you know that that they need to scrap a lot of these guys. Uh, think about it with Cam Hayward, Hayward's leadership. The too. additions of of the players they brought in, and the addition yeah. of the of of coaching as well. It's Correct. set up to be it's set up to be that way. But let's see what Look happens. Flores, if you're Devin Bush, right, you're gonna make like if you bring that if you if you can find a way to put it together. The guy was a top ten draft pick at the end of the day as well, right? Like you're coming back second year off the ACL and you've got Brian Flores coaching and you were that quick off on the ball. If you can just get that mongrel brat back that, well, you know, it's a word we use here, the slang word we use for physicality. If you can get that mongrel back, oh, <laughs> that's going to be awesome with Miles Jack. It's, it's overall, I think this is why I love defense. Like this does remind me of, yeah, 2008, 2009, those players coming in, but we'll see what happens because it's on paper now, but, it's looking pretty good. I'm excited. Can I just say, by the pivot podcast, I love the Lamar Woodley story. That got me going. That was so good. I must have missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, to recap, it's so no one has to go anywhere else. Sorry, bad. We're going over. Basically, uh, you know, they when um, Life Fitzgerald um, went down the field and scored a touchdown in 08, and then Ben and, and um, you know Holmes came back and scored the other one. The defense was still really shell-shocked and no one was listening and all the players were freaking out and they didn't, all the defensive players were like, oh, you know, we don't want to lose number one defense. You know, we're the number one defense. We're now, we've lost the Super Bowl. We've made a mistake. 
and and Tomlin went up to try and tell one of them something to do, and he could all tell all these veterans were like, uh, they're mentally like they were done. So he went up to Woodley because he was the youngest player on the team, and and he wasn't he was just kind of being casual because he didn't really understand the full gravity at the time of the <clears throat> or at least didn't show the gravity situation just from his body language mike tomlin went up to him even though he's the youngest player starter on the deep on the defense and he went well you know wood i need you to go make a play go win us the game and he's like ah, i got it i got a coach and then he went out and he put an end to the game right man he was he was underrated lamar woodley was a machine oh yeah 100 he was a machine he was so fun to watch catching like, up was- or like refreshing on some of that stuff over the last couple of seasons. You go back and that name on that jersey, he is around like so many big plays if he's not making it himself. Like, he, he and was, I would say around yeah. the football, like I said in order in the, sh- in the show, if you're around that, like the good players will gravitate to the football. They might not always make the play, but you've got to be in the vicinity to make the play, right? And also it's physics. Someone might get hit this way. They might step that way or what have you. You've got to be around the ball. It's when guys aren't around the ball or they're in in the in the frame, if you like, of the TV camera or the or the or the just the camera that's taking the photo. And then like you just like that guy's never gonna be able to contribute. But if they're in there and around the play, like to me, and they're in and around the play 85% of the time, it's like when Haywood, you know, ran down, it was at the Kansas yeah. City game in season, he ran the guy down. The good players will be in there. Hundred percent, Josh Parker from Facebook, mate. Timmons was agree. another one. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Another those jersey, those, another name that you always saw in the mix. Those two blokes, Timmons and Woolley, were just football guys. They were football players, and that's why. And Spillane is a football player. That's why he's going to stay on this roster. Uh, but with that, that's another Steelers <clears throat> touch down under. I'm Matty Peveril with Mikey Davison, as always. Go Steelers. <laughs>